Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. As Boris Johnson leaves intensive care, the UK stays in lockdown. We mustn't give the coronavirus a second chance to kill more people and to hurt our country. The cost of the virus spirals. We could be paying the cost of this for decades to come and with permanent scarring to the economy. And we ask if a well-known malaria drug really could be a game changer. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The UK will stay under lockdown until at least the end of next week. Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab thanked the public for maintaining social distancing, but said the government would have to see a downward trend in the number of cases before measures were lifted. It's been almost three weeks and we're starting to see the impact of the sacrifices we've all made. But the deaths are still rising and we haven't yet reached the peak of the virus. So it's still too early to lift the measures that we've put in place. The Foreign Secretary standing in for Boris Johnson, who's now left intensive care but remains in hospital. Mr Raab confirmed that the daily death toll had increased by 881 over the past 24 hours to just under 8,000. He urged Britons to stay at home this Easter weekend to save lives and said the next review of the measures could come before the following weekend. Earlier, I spoke to Dr Joe Grove of University College London's Department of Infection and Immunity. He told me easing a lockdown too soon would trigger another epidemic. What it's important for people to appreciate is that after we have this current epidemic and after we see that peak and then the numbers come back down, the problem is not solved. And that is because the majority of people will still be susceptible to infection. Therefore, if you do not ease the control measures properly and trigger another epidemic, we'll have to have a whole other peak that we'll need to control again. So that's why it's very important that we respond to the data, relax control measures at the right times, and also then implement some kind of exit strategy, probably through mass testing, to allow us to navigate the the months until we have a vaccine. Without that high testing capacity, it's difficult to see how we might be able to ease the lockdown measures. If you have a question about the lockdown or what further restrictions could be enforced, Daniel Capuro from our political team will be holding a Q&A on just that at 1pm on Friday. I'll put details of how to join that in the show notes. 
One in 10 workers in the United States has lost their job over the last three weeks, according to the latest weekly unemployment claims. Just over 6.6 million people in the US applied for jobless benefits last week. It means the country's total unemployment claims stand at 16.8 million over the past three weeks, roughly one in 10 of the workforce. It's the largest and fastest string of job losses since records began in 1948. In the UK, up to Two million workers have lost their jobs, according to the Institute for Employment Studies. The Telegraph's economics editor, Russell Lynch, says the economic effect of the shutdown leaves lawmakers with a difficult decision. Ministers are facing a pretty unpalatable dilemma at the moment about balancing the cost of human lives versus the economic damage which is being done by the coronavirus. The problem that ministers have is that there are differing effects of the lockdown. For example, if you work in a restaurant and you've been furloughed, cash flow could be really, really tough. If you're able to work from home, as many of us are, then and you have savings, then three, three weeks extra in lockdown is not going to affect you much more than just added inconvenience. The problem for the wider economy is that the difference between two months in lockdown, for example, and four months isn't just twice as long. It's non-linear, as they say in economics terms. It means that if you're faced with a four-month lockdown and the debt that you've built up over that time to keep surviving, even despite the government support schemes, then you might just decide after four months that it's simply not worth doing, which is why insolvency practitioners and government themselves are having to think very long and hard about how we're going to get those businesses out of lockdown and also pay off the debts that they've inevitably accrued while they've been shut down under the government support schemes. The problem is that if you go too early and lift the lockdown, then you may well get a second wave and then we could be doing all this over again in two or three months' time, which would be horrendous. Leaving it too long, though, and we could be paying the cost of this for decades to come and with permanent scarring to the economy. Police forces are stepping up patrols and road checks to prevent people gathering outside over the Easter weekend. Officers fear warm weather for much of the UK over Good Friday and Saturday will tempt people out of the cities and into the countryside. It comes as Greater Manchester Police revealed it had to break up 660 parties last weekend, including some with DJs, fireworks and bouncy castles. The National Police Chiefs Council warned officers may have to start asking people why they're outdoors while the Chief Police Constable of Northamptonshire Police said the force will be ramping up its enforcement of social distancing. From today, I'm being really clear that if people continue to flout the law, uh, that they will be fined, uh, and if appropriate, they will be uh, arrested. The Telegraph's Home Affairs editor, Charles Hymer, says the grace period is over. I think there is some frustration amongst the police that there is still a hardcore minority who are flouting the social distancing regulations. So what Nick Adderley, who's the Chief Constable of Northamptonshire, is saying is that people have had three weeks now to understand what is the nature of, of the rules, what they're expected to do and what staying at home means. And because they've had this three weeks, he feels that they're in a position where those who are deliberately flouting it or appear to be flouting it um, will be potentially fined straight away without any warning. As a result, 
result of this, and if they then subsequently flout or refuse to uh, go home, then they could face, under different legislation, this is anti-social behaviour legislation or public order legislation, they could face arrest uh, and possibly charge, which would then lead to them having a criminal record. This, this is in the legislation because if anybody refuses to accept a fine or refuses to go home, the government does have the... the police do have the right under the current legislation to do this. Um, so what he's doing is, in effect, telescoping the guidance and advice that the police had from the start, which is that they engage, inform and then explain, and hopefully people listen and get the lesson. But what they're saying now is you've had three weeks to listen to those lessons, listen to that advice, and if you are ignoring it now, then they feel that, or he feels, that he's in a position to take action uh, and to prosecute people under so antisocial behaviour or public order laws. For several weeks, it's been Donald Trump's treatment of choice for tackling COVID-19. Hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug also routinely prescribed for autoimmune disorders like lupus. Based on what I see, it could be a game changer. Very powerful. They're very powerful. It even caused an international row. India, the world's largest producer of the drug, had banned its export, but it lifted the ban after Donald Trump threatened retaliation. The US has stockpiled around 30 million doses, but President Trump wants more. And several of you got in touch to ask if his interest was justified. To answer that question, here's Sarah Newey, The Telegraph's global health security correspondent. Well, there certainly has been some early promise. In a French study, 20 patients were given the drug, while 16 patients received standard treatment. After six days, 70% of the chloroquine patients were considered cured, that is, the virus was no longer detected in blood samples. This compares to just 12.5% of the control group of patients. However, experts are very quick to add that these trials are far too small to offer conclusive results, and using the drug in some instances might actually do more harm than good. Hydroxychloroquine, in particular, can result in a variety of side effects and, in rare cases, harm the heart. Hopefully, though, we should have answers to all of these questions in the next few months. The treatments are currently being trialled in three separate large studies by the World Health Organisation, Oxford University and a French company. The Wellcome Trust is also working with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to identify whether chloroquine could be given to healthy people at risk of exposure – for instance, health workers or contacts of confirmed cases to offer some protection ahead of picking up an infection. If you have a question you'd like one of our experts to answer on treatments, vaccines or just some advice for coping with lockdown, email me. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. I'm Catherine and this is William next to me. And are you holding out pictures of your mummies and daddies? The introduction that no one needed. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge spoke to children at a Burley primary school in what was, in many ways, a classic royal engagement. Children dressed as Easter bunnies, proud teachers, and a future king and queen ready to praise them. But there was one small difference. It was, of course, via video call. The Cambridges, who were working from home in Norfolk, dropped into a show-and-tell session for the children of key workers, praising them and their NHS parents for their work. Well, we just want to say a huge thank you to you guys, and well done in keeping it all going. And, and please pass on you know, many messages of support for all the staff and all the volunteers. That are doing a great and parents job. at home as well. Yeah, no, everyone's doing, doing brilliantly, so thank you very much. <laughs> 
Before I go, I want to tell you about a brilliant piece on our website today. Thursday marks 100 days since the first case of COVID-19 was reported to the World Health Organization. The speed with which the world has changed in that time is staggering. And to mark the moment, 18 of our leading journalists have forecast what the next 100 days will look like for their sectors, covering everything from politics and the economy to arts, education, the environment. If you read one thing today, make it that. I'll put the link in the show notes to this episode. If you're not already a subscriber, you can get 30 days access to our website completely free at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and I'll be back on Friday evening with another update. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.